Good morning, everyone. We are continuing in our learning of Pesukim Zimro. We are now up to the Shira Sayam, Veosh Hashem, Az Yashir, um, and the entire exper- uh, experience of Bnei Yisrael crossing the sea. The origins of this tefillah, or the section of this tefillah, is found in the Tor, where he writes, aside from the additions of, of saying by Baruch David, there's also a minag to recite Shira Sayam. Interestingly, the Rambam writes that Shira Sayam was not accepted in everyone's community. Some even had the minog to recite it after Yishtabach, before Birchus Kriyashma. However, some other have a minog, and this is our minog, to recite it before Yishtabach at the end of our Pesuk experience. Now, it's interesting to have this, uh, this discussion about Shira Sayam because as the Rif mentions, explains in the Gemara and Shabbos, the only thing that's really required in Pesukah de Zimra is, as we mentioned, Ashrei and the ending Halukos of Tehillim. So the reason why it's here is, is, seems to be a little bit of a discussion. The Ravon, in his Pirishan Tefillah, explains that the reason why we're saying Shira Sayam is because we discussed Vayvarach David, we transitioned to talk about Nechemiah, where he mentioned praises of Hashem, and including that was how B'nai Yisrael came out to become a nation, and that involved Kriyas Yamsuf and the sinking of Mitzrayim. And because of that, we're now going to discuss the rest of that, of that experience, the actual Shira Sayam um, in Az Yashir. So according to the Ravon, it seems to be we're mentioning this, almost as like a Derech Agav to conclude the experiences that we've been mentioning earlier in Vayvarach David. However, the tour, and this is em- emphasized by the Beis Yosef, notes that there was a medrash that the tour had that explains that there, were fif- there are 15 languages of shvach, praises, in, found in Az Yashir. And corresponding to those 15 praises, you'll find 15 praises in Ishtabach. Uh, so it seems to be, at least for the Beis Yosef and the tour, that the reason why we're mentioning Az Yashir is almost as an, an introduction to the Ishtabach that we're going to be saying. Uh, we'll, maybe we'll discuss that when we get to Ishtabach, but it seems to be we're trying to transition from just general praise to Avakash Baruch to somewhat of a more heightened level, nace experience um, that, we're, that B'nai Saul is experiencing, and we're trying to replicate that and imagine that in our, in our minds. Uh, a third alternative, instead of being an introduction to Ishtabach or a culmination of it is really just Pesukah Zimra is a culmination of Pesukah Zimra in its entirety. As our first, it makes reference to this in the beginning of Pesukah Zimra. Um, Shira Sam is really the first praise that Ben Yisrael has made as a nation. And we reflect, as we f- finish our Pesukah Zimra experience of praising Hashem, we reflect about the experience, the first experience that Ben Yisrael had of praising Hashem as a nation in its entirety, really in, in the entire Torah. And we're using that as a source of inspiration for us as well. There's a quotation of the Mishnah Brura, who, who writes that a person should say this, this tefillah in a language of simcha. He should say it with happiness. And the Mishnah Brura makes it almost a segula, and this is quoted by earlier sources, that one who recites Shira Sayam b'simcha is mischaper and akol v'nosav. He'll have a kapar for all his Averus. The source of this is found in a Paleoitz who has a list of skulos. The Primagodim writes this, quotes this idea as well. The Sefer Hasidim quotes this skula and, and he tries to explain it. And he says that the source that B'nai Yisrael had a, a kapara was found from the Pasuk in, in B'Shalach, Vaisa Moshe Sisom Yamsuf. Moshe um, carried or traveled the B'nai Yisrael, made the B'nai Yisrael travel from the Yamsuf. And the Medjur explains that they were their Averos were removed from them. Through the sheer experience, Moshe was able to 
in a spiritual level, remove them from their past experiences. And he explains this is not just an experience for the Shira, but as in general, anyone who has experienced an ace, Anyone who, anyone who has experienced an ace in his, in his current time and expresses shira immediately after that um, will be mochal kovanosov. And he says that the same way that, that the people who uh, left Mitzrayim had that kapara, since we have a responsibility to say this b'cholyom, and he quotes a medrash uh, Rashbi, which is the Zohar, who says that we have responsibility to say shira seam every single day. So he says, The same way that the people who've experienced the Amsof in the, in the real time had this skula because of, of kapara. So when we say it every single day, we're almost re- referring back to that experience and connecting to that, that experience and giving us a mechila as well. And the idea of the mechila is not uh, ex- explicitly clear. One idea of understanding this is that um, the idea of mechila is overlooking the small petty mistakes that we make, even if they're big in our eyes, but we recognize a deeper connection we have with the Baruch Hu. And when we connect to a point in history or an experience that we had with, with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the Shemi Shmuel explains it's almost connecting and overlooking those small peyaveros and recognizing that there's a deeper relationship we have with him, relationship we have with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And that's one way, both as an ex- a preparation for Tila, but for ourselves, by this, by having this experience of saying Shri Asiyam and imagining us going through that and having that connection with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. One more piece of introduction is at the end of this end of this uh, section of davening, we say a few extra extra pesukim. Number one, we we double the pasuk, we repeat the pasuk of Hashem Yimolchli Lamed. Then we say three extra pesukim about um, about Hashem's Malchus and Hashem returning, found in, in Avadia and in other sections in in Nach as well. And the reason for this is not exactly clear. Some, as the uh, Kolbo actually writes, mentions that this, it was inappropriate to split it because, in fact, that shira does not end until, uh, until the next pasuk of Kivos with Paro, as we found in the Torah, that it writes in the same song-style text as the rest of the shira. However, some people have the minute, and we have the minute to repeat it. Um, potentially, um, Rav Salvichik explains it's an expression of halal. We finish the main the crux of the song, and we're trying to now emphasize that as we repeat, repeated by Kol Haluka, that we're trying to say that there's more to, to be said, but we can't express it, so we're just going to repeat it again to make the point that there's more to be said. And in light of that, we have three extra psukim talking about Malchus Hashem to emphasize that the real crux ends of the song ends at Hashemim Lochilam Ved, and there's like almost like a fra- refrain or a, a reference back of Kibas's Paro, which is part of the song, but it's not the essential um, emphasis of the song. The emphasis of the song ends with Hashemim Lochilam Ved. And we'll discuss that when we get to those te- the text later on. So in this in this song of Shira and Az Yashir and Vayosha Hashem, there are really seven sections to this entire song. The first section is an introduction when Bnei Yisrael recognized Hashem's activities of splitting the sea and letting and destroying the Mitzrayim. The second is the initiate. Second section is really the initiation of that of this entire song, where Moshe and Bnei Yisrael sing. Um, to recognize praise of Hakadosh Baruch Hu. those are the first two pesukim of that song, Azashir and Azivizim Raska, from pasuk Gimel to pasuk Zayin in that in Parak Vav of Shemos. It's the third section where we have a description of Hashem destroying the enemies, uh, specifically of having the water crushed down on on them through the through the experience of Kriyas Yamsuf. In the fourth section, from pasuk Ches to pasuk Yidbeis, 
we talk about, or the Bnei Yisrael describe the moment the, sp- the sea split, and then how how the enemy entered in and fell in through Hashem's um, and, and fell in because of Hashem's inter- intervention. The fifth section for Pasuk Yudgim to Pasuk Tesvav was that is then a description of Bnei Yisrael being saved, and then also the other nations' response. Uh, in response to Bnei Yisrael being saved, and that's an ultimate protection for Bnei Yisrael. The sixth section is a almost a prayer that Bnei Yisrael is making that the other nations of the world should not fight, so that Bnei Yisrael can go in to the into the Eretz Yisrael and establish uh, the Beis Hamikdash and ultimately establish Malchus Hashem. And the last pasuk is the last pasuk, the last pasuk of this Shira and the next three pasukim going forward, which is the Likud of Malchus Hashem, is a conclusion of the entire experience of Shira Sayam. So going to in detail of this Shira, we start off with an introduction of Bnei Yisrael recognizing Hashem's activities of Kriyas Yamsuf. The Pasuk begins, Vayosha Hashem Bayamuhu, and Hashem saved them on that day. Es Yisrael Miyam Mitzrayim, the Jews from the hands of Mitzrayim. Vayar Yisrael Mitzrayim Mitzrayim. And the Jews saw that the Mitzrayim died on the edge of the banks of the sea. So Rashi explains, that this is an ultimate chesed, that Bnei Yisrael saw that the Mitzrayim are actually dead and they're not going to be chasing after them, even after this wonderful experience of Kiyos Amsuf, there's, there's some closure that's being experienced now. Malvim explains that the reason why Bnei Yisrael only now see the, the dead at the banks of the sea is because the Nanakov was blocking them. So that's why now they have this experience and, then, and they're also thankful for Hashem defeating the enemies now. And the next passage just ex- ex- it discusses the experience by Yari Yisrael Asigal Gadola and the Jews saw the great hand that Hashem Hashem did to Mitzrayim. The, the nation had fear of Hashem. And in terms of language, it's a very, it's a very self-understood pasuk. But in terms of language, uh, what is the great hand? The Ramban explains this is the hand of strength. The Ben Ezra explains this is the hand of punishment. Uh, Rav Hirsch explains that if you look at this, the great, the great hand is it's a moment of experience of both punishment of the Mitzrayim, but also recognition that there's some care for Bnei Yisrael, and that's the, they had this fear response, but also the, the recognition that Hashem is guiding them throughout this experience, and that's going, these two themes that Refreshers are going to explain, is going to be really the themes of the song that we're going to sing, uh, we're going to be expressing going forward. And then just to conclude, the, in terms of language, the Malvin notes the difference between Vayiru Ha'am Es Hashem, they feared Hashem versus Vayiru Me Hashem, they were afraid from Hashem, is to emphasize that there's a more heightened level of Yira, Yira Saromumus, that's being expressed um, through this, um, obser- observing this experience. After discussing the introduction of what Bnei Yisrael saw, now there's the introduction of the actual song. Azashim Moshe Uvnei Yisrael, then Moshe and Bnei Yisrael sing the song, we'll sing the song. Hazos, Lashem to Hashem, Vayimur Limar, and they said the saying, saying the following Ashir Lashem Kiga Oga'a, praise Hashem for he is glorious. Sus the horse and his rider was thrown on in the sea. So, to explain this, the, the phrase, phraseology of Uz, Rashi explains this is either referring to at that time or it's a reference to Tchiasa Mason. In terms of the word ga'oga'a, Rashi explains it either means that Hashem is above all other people, all other entities, or above all other praises. The Raman explains that the word ga'o means he's exalted above over all 
horses at war and the soldiers that he threw at the sea. So he's, he's completing the Pasuk, Go, Ga'a, over the Sus The next Pasuk of this introduction continues, Azivizim Raskav, we'll see what these two words mean. Hashem is seeming strong and, and, and worthy of sing, songing, singing. Vahili Shoan, he's to me a salvation. Zekeli Vanvehu, he is my God and I will be Anvehuim. We'll see what that means. The God of my father, and I will um, make him exalted. Rashi explains the word Aziva Zimras refers to strength and song, or like um, Zemer and Oz and Zemer, or alternatively, strength and Zimra, meaning pruning, to emphasis the Nakama, and that was the Bahili Yeshua, that was the Yeshua itself. First explains that this. this Point is emphasizing a personal connection to the experience. He says, Azi means the experience of my victory, the victory from Hashem. And Zimras is like the internal feelings that a person has are ka. They belong to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, meaning they are reflections of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's involvement in my life and a manifestation of his will in my, in my own experiences, both my physical experience and my own emotional connection to his manifestation and involvement in my life. And because of that, I, that recognition that Hashem is involved in my life, and I recognize that He actually saved me in my life, that itself is the Yeshua. That itself is the Yeshua that enables me to be picked or to take on this mission of serving Hashem. Moving on to the second clause of this pasuk of Zekeli, Rashi explains that the Reze emphasizes a clear recognition, like someone's pointing to something. They recognize the Kashbuch very clearly, and that man, that that causes one to say Vanveu, which means either he will make a dwelling for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, like a Beis HaMikdash, or he'll beautify HaKadosh Baruch Hu through doing the mitzvahs. Refersh explains the word Va'anveyu means that he'll make himself, one's own body, his own life, a residence for the Shekhinah. And um, emphasizes that even though his parents educated him to get him to this level, he wants to use that as a stepping stone to get even higher and experience HaKadosh Baruch Hu on a deeper level, on a more meaningful level. Mab understands Zekeli and Elkeaviv Ramanu to be almost referring to two different experiences of Akash Baruch entirely. In the sense that Elkeavi, the God of my father, that was an experience that was through nature. That was a very uh, that was one level of, of connection like the Avos had with Hashem. But now through this experience of of Kriyas Yamsuf, we have an even higher level of of connection to Akash Baruch Hu. That's Zekeli Vanveu through the recognition of Zeh, which rec- means that there's a closer connection that Hashem has, and Hashem's able to now dwell even closer am- amongst the people. Moving on to the third section, after this introduction, we describe about Hashem's uh, effect of destroying the enemies um, in the in the Yamsuf. So we say Hashem Ishem Hachama, Hashem Ishem oh, We first introduce Hashem as the Ishem Hachama, and Hashem's name is... Hashem is his name. Rashi explains that because Hashem doesn't need any weapons to fight, he only needs his name, meaning Hashem alone fights the wars. Refresh explains that the emphasis of just this Pasuk just is to demonstrate that Hashem is expressing uh, actions like a warrior does, and he destroys the oppressors to enable B'nai Yisrael to have a better future and the world to have a better future. The Malbim notes that the, the emphasis of Hashem Shemo adds that there is an aspect of Nis, a more direct connection that Hashem has to this experience, not just through going through nature, but using intervening in a, in a more overt way. 
The next Pasuk says, Markos Paro Vechelo, Yom, the chariots of Paro and his army were thrown in the sea. Mufchash the choices of his soldiers, Tavu Yamsuf, were sinking in the Yamsuf. <coughs> On this Pasuk, the Malvin notes that there's almost like the economy. People and the chariots and the armies were thrown into the sea, but the choices among the captains were on the on the yams of sinking. And he explains that Paro ran full full charged into the middle of the sea, and they were thrown into the depths of the sea. However, some of the horsemen who were standing on the side of the yams at the marsh, they only got they didn't get overturned by the sea because they weren't so far in, but they got sunken into the marsh. The next pasuk says to Chasumu, the the depths cover them up. Yardvim solos come oven. The, they went down into the shadowy depths like a stone. The next Pasuk then moves on to talk about Hashem's involvement again in destroying the enemies. The right hand of Hashem is shown with unique force. That your right hand Hashem will terrify the enemies. Rashi explains that this is, this, these two clauses are really a question and answer. How is Hashem's right hand strong? Because it destroys the enemies. The Rabban explains that these two Lashonos, these two clauses, emphasize, number one, that Hashem humbles the lofty, those two people who are Bali Gaiva, and also, and also the other expression of, of the Mincha Hashem is, is that Hashem destroys the enemies. Uh, the Mabu notes, Nedariba Koach, uh, unique force, how we, we translate it, actually means potential force, in the sense that Hashem restrains the use of force for man to do tshuva, but only when it's reached a certain point, then Hashem expresses all that anger and, and power upon the enemies. Uvrov, the next passage then concludes, Uvrov With your abundance in triumph, like Gaoncha, you smash those who rise against you, you send your anger and consume them like stubble. So again, Rashi says, this is the people who go against you is referring to the people who go against the Jews, but they're, the Jews represent the Kosh Baruch so it's really the same thing. Refersh adds that even when people think that they're going against Hashem, it's illusory because Hashem's ultimately going to destroy them. So they think they're rising up against Hashem, but it's really not effectively going to be anything. After discussing how Hashem destroys the enemies, then the next section discusses how the enemy got destroyed. And with the wind of your mouth, you piled up the waters. They stood up like a pillar that was flowing. And the the bottoms, the depths of the of the of the sea became solid. So on this pasuk. Rashi explains that the word ruach is an anthropomorphism of Hashem's anger for us to better understand how Hashem is using his uh, expressing this, this destruction. This destruction is, is an expression of wrath upon the enemies. And this anger is used apparently to dry up the water and to heap up the water, nerimu, like a, a rama, like a, a, a pile, to make it like a node or a wall so that the enemies, so the Bnei could pass. And then the depths became hard to then thrust upon to the Egyptians. <clears throat> the Bible understands the word Naramu means harama. Hashem did a trick. Hashem made it appear to the Mitzvah like the Israel land, um, and they didn't see that there were walls being set up for Ben to pass. They became nozel. They became flowing out. So there wasn't any walls that it made it look like there was like some unique thing, unique uh, miracle going on. 
all that they saw was just some hard land. That the they only saw that the actual land was hard like land, so they went on it not realizing that it was going to fall upon them. Uh, Refresh understands the word ruach differently than Rashi. He says the word apayim is a plural, and also the word the word chaf at the end of apacha is not really used in the context of of anger. It's really ruach af. So he so Refresh explains that the word apayim or apacha is a reference to the word afaf, which means to draw something draw something near out of a strong yearning for something. So Hashem, with a blast of wind, which was an expression of Hashem's yearning for the, the waters to stand by, made the, caused the walls to stand up like a wall. And because of this, the next passage says, Amar Oiv, the enemy said, Ardof asig achlik shalol, I'll chase after them, I'll reach them, I'll divide up their spoils, I'll fill my soul, my, my desires, I will take out my sword, and I will... Um, I will plunder um, with my hands. <clears throat> oh, I'll, I'll, my hand will reconquer them. Rashi, uh, the Ramban explains that this is this this puzzle seems a little bit out of place in the sense that this really should have come earlier, before the entire experience of Kriyasiyamsuf, uh, and potentially he says maybe it's emuktum amochar batora. But the Ramban himself says maybe this is the thought process that is occurring to enable the Mitzrayim to go into the Yamsuf. They had the chance. They, they wanted to pillage. They saw this experience happening, but they wanted to pillage and take over the B'nai Yisrael. So that's what caused them to go into the sea, even though it didn't make so much sense. Uh, Hirsch echoes this, this idea who, as he explains the word is Amar Oyev, the general enemy, not the Ha'oyev, not the specific enemy, which means that the way the enemies of Hashem think in general is that they see these natural events to take advantage of, of the people who are following Akash Baruch Hu, but in fact... That is an incorrect approach, and Hashem is trying to get them uh, destroyed from, from that experience. So after the enemy's attempt to go in, Neshat of Ruchacha, you blew your wind, Kisama Yom, the sea covered them, Soluk Oferes Bemamadirim, they sunk in like lead in the, in the great waters. <coughs> Rashi explains the word Neshafta means to blow, Ibn Ezra explains Neshafta means twilight. Um, as it first explains, the word twilight emphasizes the word a transitional stage, which is the, the idea that the, the wind is shifting back to move the waters and cover the enemies. After the enemies have been defeated, we respond in a, in a song, Mi chamocha Hashem, Mi chamocha kodesh, Who is like you among the Elim Hashem? Who is like you uniquely might, mighty in holiness? Feared in song, Narasilos feared in song, Osafela, worker of Pele. Uh, just in terms of the first section, who are the Elim? Rashi says, these are the mighty, the mighty people. Hashem is greater than all the mighty people. The Rabban adds that the word Elim are referring to the angels. Nedar Rekach is a reference to that spiritual, Nedar is like a realm of Kedusha. So it's, Hashem is greater than even the, the celestial beings. Um, Refresh adds that the word Kedusha is like a boundless choice. Hashem is over control, over, in control of everything. Nothing is, in it, nothing is, Binding Akash Baruch from other, from something, preventing him from doing things like other entities have that limitation. Uh, the Mabu understands the word Elim means natural powers and Kodesh means supernatural powers. So Hashem is above all that. <clears throat> then on the second section of Nora Silos Osefele, 
what does the word Nora and Tehillos refer to? He's fearful of his, of his praises. So Rashi explains, it means a person is fearful himself to express praise because he's afraid he'll say too little and that'll cause um, him to feel either not be able to say it properly and it'll be a disgrace to Akash Baruch Hu, or the person will feel ashamed that it won't be enough for him to say enough, to say, to say, to say even what he said. And the Ravana explains that the Renora Silos means Hashem's acts are noros, are, are wondrous, and that's why they are tehilos, that's where they are praiseworthy uh, in, in act. First, uh, the Malvim explains the Renora is meaning lofty and overpowering nature, and yet, Tehillah, we can have a praise, meaning despite the fact that it's Nora, we can still have Tehillah, we can still have an interaction with HaKadosh Baruch and praise Him through that experience. Or first sees this Nora Silos as an, as an expression of really Vayiro Ames Hashem, as B'nai Yishol have this experience of Yira, and the transition goes as follows. Nora, they recognize this objective, awesome experience of Hashem, and Tehillos, they could integrate it into their subjective self and, and, and apply it so they could praise Hashem properly, very similar to the Mabim's understanding. And that's the emphasis as well of, of Ose Pela. Hashem is, the, is, is creating some objective reality, which is changed, which is an ace, and that's the expression of Nora, and, but nevertheless, we can still use that to, be, to make a Tehillah a personal recognition, a subjective awareness of a Kaddish Baruch Hu. This section ends with a last piece of Hashem praising, of Benesel praising Hashem for destroying the Mitzrayim. You stretch out your right hand and the earth swallowed them. Rashi explains that Natiya means tilting one's hand, and that alone is enough to destroy the Benesel, like someone who tilts a glass, his hand and while holding a glass vessel uh, precariously, it's going to fall the same way that the enemies fell. Um, and nevertheless, Rashi adds that the earth swallowed them because the enemies in the end recognized that Hashem was righteous, Hashem did the right, Hashem was doing what was the correct apidin, and that was give them, give them a zechus to be buried. Uh, Ravana explains the word natisa doesn't mean tilt, it means stretched out, meaning Hashem stretched out his hand in vengeance and that carried out, um, and they were carried out, the enemies were carried out basically and swallowed up until they reached the shores to decompose. After discussing the destruction of the enemies, we move now transitioning to uh, B'nai Yisrael's experience. The you lead with chesed this nation that you redeemed, you lead them with strength to the holy abode. Rabban explains that this is just a reference to now we're entering, we're able to go to Eretz Yisrael, we could, Hashem is leading us to Eretz Yisrael, and get to the holy abode, which is the Bisa Mikdash. Refresh notes that now we're transitioning from Gira to the Emunah experience of Amin Bashev and Moshe Avdel. We're shifting from the experience of, of Din, retribution to the people, and now we're entering into Hashem's Hanhag of Chesed, which is allowing B'nai Yisrael to get out of this experience and, and develop as a nation. Now, after B'nai Yisrael are leaving Territ Yisrael, we're talking about the different nations' experiences of, uh, different nations' impressions of this experience. Shama Amemri Gozun, Chil The people heard and they shuddered, pain grabbed the inhabitants of Palashas. Rashi explains this is what what already happened, they already experienced this pain, and everyone explains they will experience this once they heard the Kriyas Yamsuf. Um, so the Alufi Edom were confounded, they, the leaders of Moab were seized with trembling, and the Yoshri Kanan melted away. Rashi explains 
that the Jews weren't going to these lands, but the nations despised the elevated status, the elevated status of the Jewish people. So even though they weren't officially, Lufi Edom and the Moab were effectively uh, being threatened, they still had this fear because they just they just didn't like the fact that the Bnei Yisrael were getting the status. Her first notes that the fear of the nations was basically because Hashem is now undermining their security. The Domim were a military state, so now they're confounded because Hashem can destroy them. The Moavim were wealthy and they hired mercenaries, so they lost that. They were seized of trembling because now they don't have that security anymore because Hashem can destroy them anyway. After discussing B'nai Yisrael's and hope to enter at Yisrael and the nation's, experience, and the, and the nation's experiences thereafter, the B'nai Yisrael sent a prayer that the nation shouldn't fight the nations surrounding Eretz Yisrael shouldn't fight the Bnei Yisrael, and they should enter Eretz Yisrael to establish some smachos. The pasuk says, "Tipa leim amasav v'achad b'gdol zarachin mukaven." Terror and dread should fall onto them. When your arm expresses greatness, they will be sent. They will be silent as a stone. Ani avaram cha Hashem, ani avaram cha amzu kanisa. Until your people pass over Hashem, until your people pass over which you have acquired. So Rashi explains the passing over is referring to uh, both. Passing over the the Nachal Arnon and the Yachal the, the Nachal Hayarden the the the, the Nahar Hayarden both passing over is entering Eretz Yisrael. Hashem the Bnei Yisrael are asking that Hashem protect them. Rashi also notes that the Emos of Afachad that we're mentioning about the nations or the prayer that we're having for the nations is both a fear that is currently that Bnei Yisrael are coming right now. And also, if you're in the future, that Bnei will come in, at a, in, a long, in a later time. Last point that Rashi notes about the word Kinesa means Hashem acquired. That's an expression of dearness because a person takes care of expensive items that a person owns. The next passage concludes, you, have brought them, you will bring them home. You will plant them in the mountain of your inheritance, the place prepared by, for your dwelling, for which you, Hashem, have secured. The Mikdash Hashem, which your hands have established. The Mammon explains that the significance of the Mikdash is that it's a place where Paul Hashem, Hashem on a supernatural level, will be interacting. And it's a Mikdash of Asher Konun Yudacha, where we're going to interact with Yadayim. And the Mammon explains that Yadayim means a person's two hands, to a person's Bechira, having an option for one or the other, two hands. And because of a person's actions, Hashem will interact according to what man decides. Which, in other words, means that because there's this, this is aspect of Hashkacha, because Hashem is a high level of connection to B'nai Yisrael because of the Mikdash, Hashem is going to now factor in B'nai Yisrael's choices in how he's going to respond and apply his uh, intervention in the world. Unlike previously, where, where it was just an action, it was just an expression of Teva, where there was only one really system of, of how things were working. Refersh explains that the Bisa Mikdash is going to be given, built up at the Yadayim, with, with two hands, which is representative of Din Virachmim. But he emphasizes that the emphasis of this entire goal of this Bisa Mikdash is to be a Mikdash. And he says the emphasis, when you say the word Mikdash, you say the Kuf with a Shva Na. And the idea of that is that it's supposed to be read as min 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 mikdash. It's a it's a miniature version of the mikdash in the sense that we're now building the base of mikdash, but that's going to allow us to have a greater a miniature experience of what 
is to becoming a much higher, more heightened awareness of Hakadosh Baruch Hu. And that's all starting with this experience of Kriyas Yamsuf, and then we're developing getting to Eretz Yisrael, building the Mikdash, and then developing developing from there. And that's really fitting and nicely to the last passage of Hashem Imoch Lilam Ve'ed. Hashem's rulership is forever and ever. Uh, Rashi understands this to be referring to a future reference that all kingdom, all kingships will recognize that Hashem is the ultimate Melech. The Ramban explains that this is a current recognition of Hashem as he cares about the people and destroys the evildoers, and that recognition should remain forever. Um, the Rabbana emphasizes that maybe it's connected to the Debrachos, that we mentioned Malchus, to have that recognition currently. The Rambam explains that this Malchus will be expressed when we have the Mikdash, which is the supernatural interactions. Um, but refresh, as he went earlier, follows, really, really resonates with Rashi's understanding in the sense that we have a small experience of Hashem's glory and manifestation in the world, but ultimately it will be even more recognized in a few, at a future point, and that's the hope that we have as we develop more and more as time progresses. The last section is really the conclusion of the song and the next few psukim like talking about Machos Hashem. Um, the Pasuk says, Kiva says, Parau, Birchbo, Parshavayam, Vayashav Hashem, Alem, Ismayam, Ubni Socho, Vayabashav Socho, So the horses of Paro and the, ch- and the chariots came into the sea. Hashem brought the sea, the waters of the sea back, and Bnei Yisrael went on dry land throughout the sea. So, it first explains that this is a obviously the conclusion of this, even, even though it's really it's really a postscript of the song, it's just a conclusion of the song in the sense that we this is the moment where we were able to be inspired to sing the song. It's, it's almost like the postscript to remind us where what we experience what would we, what we experience exactly to make this song um, significant, and that's connected really to the discussion about doubling the pasuk because the, the song really ends by Hashem but we also want to recognize the experience that enabled us to have that song. Part of the conclusion of the song is the next three psukim to emphasize that the song really ended by Malchus Hashem. And we talk about three different psukim about Malchus. The first pasuk is in Perik, in Tehillim, Perik Bey's Pasuk Chavtes. We say, um, Hashem has the Malchus and the Moshe amongst the nations. Rashi explains the nations in the future Following by the pasuk of Hashem Melchim Laved, we'll see that Hashem's nature, Hashem's kingship, is restored in the end of days. Bob um, notes that this is both forced upon the people and accepted upon the people. Malchus is, is a voluntary, voluntary accept, um, acceptance of Malchus Hashem and Moshe is more, you know, forced upon an experience. Moving on to the next pasuk, the saviors will go up from Harzion to judge the heart of Esav. And Hashem's Malchus will be there. Rashi explains this is the end of the days when the Jewish saviors, either referring to Mashiach or other people, will come and judge the people of Seir, of Seir, Esav, which is Edom, Rome, that that Gullus, and they'll judge them, and that will that judgment will ultimately enable Malchus Hashem to be fulfilled. By Hashem, the next pasuk, which is in Ovadia, which is in Zechariah, Yedal Tess, Says and it'll be that Hashem will be the king over the entire land on the day Hashem is, na- Hashem is one and His name will, is one. Rashi explains this last statement means that there'll be no more theologies, and everyone no more other theologies. Hashem will be recognized as the only God, and everyone will recognize Him as that entity. Malbim um, adds that there's going to be no shituf. There's going to be no need to make associations of midos with the Baruch Hu, meaning interact intermediaries 
that we have, even that are, even that are permissible with, with HaKadosh Baruch Hu by calling him different midos to recognize that he interacts with us in that way, we don't need to do that anymore because at the point in the future, when Hashem is the Malchus over the, Malchus over the entire world, we'll have some deeper recognition of Hashem, a deeper interaction, more direct interaction, where we don't need to have multiple expressions of where Hashem is manifesting in the world. It'll all be one, it'll all be close and direct. So this concludes the last section of the of the song, where we, again, we emphasize the idea of Malchus Hashem in the end of the days. So just to conclude the entire parak and the entire section of the shira, we have an introduction where Bnei Yisrael recognize Hashem's activities, they have Yira, they have Amuna, um, they recognize Hashem's in, giving retribution to the, the Mitzrayim, and also they recognize Hashem's guiding Bnei Yisrael. Then actually into the actual song, there's an intro, the next section moves to the introduction and declaration of praise to Hashem, they say Az Yashir, and they recognize that HaKash Baruch Hu is giving them, uh, is close to them, He's uh, has a Zekili, we have a Zekili experience, and Hashem is beyond all praise, he's beyond all other enemies, all the other enemies are trying to defeat us. In the third section, we describe how Hashem is destroying the enemies. Hashem would say Hashem is the Ishmachama, he could fight the wars, he brings the enemies, the Markbas power into the sea, flips them over in the in the water, and we recognize Hashem's hand is restrained, but it's going to be put at force when the enemies are reach their point of no no return, and that's going to be ultimately of Hashem is going to send his anger and destroy them. In the fourth section, we describe the moment that the that the enemies enter the midstream, entered the Yamsuf, and they were overturned. Hashem set up the land to become uh, the water to become hard, so that Bnei Yisrael could pass, and that the midstream could be tricked to think that they should go in. The enemies want to go in, they, they're deceived, they're confident that they, they, they can go in and defeat the enemies by being by saying, Erdov Shalal. Then Hashem is in the Shat Hashem changes the water, and it then flips all the enemies on their head, and the water over to, overpowers them. We recognize Hashem is in charge. Hashem is overpower, or has power over the enemies, over any other entity. And he's Noros Ilos, and the ultimate recognition is that we recognize that Hashem is. Has amazing, uh, we have this ultimate Yiras Hashem, and then we express praise for that. And that Hashem, and we recognize praise because Hashem is over, over stretching out his hands in vengeance to destroy the enemies. Shifting now to the Bnei Yisrael's experience from to Amuna, we recognize that we have faith in Hashem that He's trying to guide us. He's Nachis to the Chastcha. He's guiding us to get to the Nevei Kachecha, to the Beis Hamikdash, to this place of this like close connection to the Kash Baruch Hu, and the other nations are trembling, they don't know what to do, the Shamamim Yigazun, the Alufi Adam and Limoav, the Yoshua Kedan are all unable to, to, to be, to be are, are, are not responsive because there is so much shock. Then we move to a last, another section about praying that the nations of the world should not affect us and we should be able to get to Eretz Yisrael and establish the Malchus Hashem. We, we pray for Tibalim and Masav Afachad until Ayivor Amcha Hashem, Ayivor Amzukanisa to Eretz Yisrael. And that, there in Eretz Yisrael, they'll be able to plant themselves to be in the base of Mikdash, where it's the Mikdash Hashem Kanyudacha, which Hashem will establish the Mikdash, which allows us to have a closer interaction with the Kosh Baruch Hu, and also give us a glimpse and develop us to a future point of Hashem Lamed, where we recognize Hashem's Malchus. Obviously, we see it now, but we want to have more of it, and that's the praise that we have. And the last section is really a conclusion of the experience where we say, Give us this paro. This is the this song was an expression after the experience of Paro's chariots going in and, and being swept up by the sea and Bnei Yisrael passing through. 
And the last three psukim are really just different psukim about Malchus Hashem, and we recognize that in the end of the days, ultimately, Hashem's Malchus will be expressed more, and the, the, the hope and pray is that, uh, that that will come into fruition. So just to conclude, the reason why we have this section in, uh, in our davening is obviously... Um, as we mentioned earlier, as an introduction to Yishtavach, as a culmination of Pesuk Zimra or a conclusion of Vayivarach David, but in many ways it's also a, a, a hope and pray for our own tefillos to have an impact um, as we take this first experience of Az Yashir, try to integrate it into our own lives, recognizing that Hashem is a close interaction with us, and hope, hoping that that experience and that closeness will be able to be a starting point, a breeding point, a, breeding for, a healthy breeding ground for us to develop ourselves and as a nation to get to the point of to have a greater expression of Malchus Hashem in the world where we can have a closer interaction with him and that's really a, a almost an introduction as well to tefillah that we're trying to develop ourselves to get to.